You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to another fabulous episode of Dear Multi-Hyphenate. I'm your host, Michael Kushner, and I'm so excited you're joining me for this episode featuring Sarah Looper. Before we get into this episode, just a reminder that I am doing strike-friendly rates at Michael Kushner Photography, so if you're looking for headshots or portraits during this time when we are on strike, please head to my website, www.michaelkushnerphotography.com, and submit. Let's get you into the studio. As always, this episode is brought to you by Swoveralls. Uh, I am recording in Swoveralls. Uh, I work in Swoveralls. I go to events in Swoveralls, and you're probably asking, what are Swoveralls? Well, Swoveralls are sweatpant overalls, and I have in blue, black, burnt orange, uh, pink lemonade, and my husband has so many as well. I literally cannot get out of them. I'm obsessed with them. And uh, the only way to multi-hyphenate is to be in Swoveralls. So head to Swoveralls.com and uh, multi-hyphenate in fashion and comfort. I mean, sweatpant overalls. That's pretty amazing. Um, Also, please buy my book, How to Be a Multi-Hyphenate in the Theater Business, Conversations, Advice, and Tips from Dear Multi-Hyphenate. You can buy it online at Amazon or on the Rutledge Publishing website, but please go to the Drama Bookshop. Support the Drama Bookshop. Uh, Nothing like walking into the Drama Bookshop and being overwhelmed in the best way possible with all of the best theater books. So so, uh, pick up your copy and uh, let me know that you got it. Take a picture. Take a selfie. Tag. Dear Multi-Hyphenate on Instagram or at the Michael Kushner on Instagram or at the Michael Kushner on TikTok and let me know that you got it. Let's build a community. This episode is all about community, so make yourself known. And speaking of social media, follow, rate, subscribe, comment, you know, share this podcast. Where would I be without you? So please do that. Let's get into this episode. It's pretty amazing. I'm speeding up this intro because I have a puppy that is staring at me, trying to get me to play with uh, with with him with some toys. So I hope you enjoy the episode and uh, and let's get into it. Sarah Looper, oh, such a great conversation. Sarah has been in the wine and food world for over 25 years. She's a master sommelier candidate a certified wine educator, a certified specialist of wine, and a graduate of the WSET diploma program. Her passion for wine lies firmly in educating and sharing her knowledge in an open, friendly, and non-judgmental atmosphere. She has been a wine educator for 15 years. She was a lead wine educator at New York City's Murray's Cheese for nine years and taught specialized Italian wine classes at Astor Center for four years. She's an advanced gelato maker, and she cooks at home most nights, seeking to put her own stamp on classic and regional fare, ranging from French cuisine to Szechuan. Whenever possible, she collects and drinks champagne, Barolo, and German cabinet Riesling, but is an equal opportunity drinker. So am I, Sarah. Sarah is a graduate of the University of Colorado at Boulder with a BA in history and a graduate of the Culinary Institute of America's Baking and Pastry program. She could be found on Instagram at Loopersom. Uh, I'm going to put all that information on social media and please follow her. Her social media um, is so educational and funny and brilliant. And uh, I'm recording this on Yom Kippur, so if anyone is celebrating like or or um, or experiencing the holidays like I am, uh, have a good fast and 
<laughs> and uh, see at the see it see you at the spread. I, oh God! Now I'm just thinking about bagels and locks. All right, enjoy the episode. <laughs> now I gotta say, I've had Carol Burnett on this podcast. I've had Carson Kressley, Rachel Brosnahan, so many incredible people. I am maybe more excited to speak with you. I, there's, oh my gosh. I, I, I mean, I found you on TikTok and there's something about your energy that immediately grabbed me in. And I was like, I want to be friends with her. And I have no idea what she's talking about, but I want to know more. It's like you have one of the most successful in my eyes, one of the most successful, um, and I don't love saying this, content creator personalities. Oh, thank you. That I found. And I was just like, I have to talk to her. I have to work with her because I just think you're amazing. So I am so excited to talk with you, Sarah Looper. <laughs> Me too, Michael. This is so fabulous. And it's amazing, like the powers of, I'm still not convinced on TikTok. But um, I know I, I don't understand TikTok. TikTok. TikTok is its own thing that I just I just post shit. And I'm like, I don't know. It's like it goes into this TikTok abyss. Well, the reason why I think that works is because you do that, because it's so genuine. So uh, you know, I throw it into the abyss. Get in there. Get it out. And, you know, <laughs> it's that it's that's something that so many creators need to hear, because I think the more curated Oh my God, excuse me. You're Jewish, right? Half Jewish, yeah. You have so you understand we're just I'm just gonna burp randomly. I'm so sorry about that. No, that's totally <laughs> fine. You should be having a black cup of coffee and maybe some, you know, white fish salad too. <laughs> I know. Then my my 12 <laughs> o'clock client is not gonna be too happy about that, but yeah, <laughs> but I will be at least. Um, so you know, we have constant IBS prop tummy issues. So I'm very sorry that in the middle of that sentence I just burped um no all my uncles all my <laughs> uncles did that and then my aunts would be like norman what are you doing and then kiss you on the lips yes my yes. oh my god and leave like and if it was the aunt she'd leave a big red or like hot pink mark that's yep. like half on your mouth and then half on your cheek yep that was my aunt babe and my uncle al was the one that gave like the big sloppy sweaty kisses so i know exactly Oof. what you're talking about yeah yes. and you couldn't you couldn't wipe it off because then it'd be like what are you doing Right. No, you had to walk around Aunt Dottie's house with the, yeah. you know, the bagel platter and the game playing. <laughs> you know, it's it, I'm talking about it and it's like my my grandpa had seven brothers and sisters and they're all gone except one. And oh. um, I know it's like so it's so sad. It's you know, they were so of their time and mm -hmm. uh, you just brought back such a good memory because it's. um, I miss that, you know, and I hope I can. Yeah. Me too. I miss my aunts and uncles. I do. And and family is really important. And I don't know about you, but being a multi-hyphenate, which for new listeners, for for your listeners, I, I'm a multi-hyphenate in the theater and I uh I do many things. I say a multi-hyphenate is an artist who has multiple proficiencies which cross-pollinate. So that's what we're gonna be talking a lot about today is the cross-pollination to help flourish professional capabilities. And one of the visions that I've always had for myself in terms of being a working theater maker is also having a family with that as well. So, you know, I'm not just working for myself. I'm working for my husband. I'm working for my puppy. I'm working for my two future kids. I'm working to buy my mom that house that she wants. And, um, you know, I'm working to get a massive brownstone that I can move my grandma into. It's like, those are the goals. It's not just to... I don't need fame. I don't, I don't even think I want fame. I just think I want respect in the people that seek me out and work with me. Um, mm -hmm. I want to create respected work, leave a legacy mm -hmm. and also build a family. I don't know about you, Sarah, but what are sort of your goals as how, first of all, let's, let's do this. How do you identify as an artist, as a multi-hyphenate and what are some of your goals in what you do? That's such a great and thoughtful question. Thank you for asking it. I nodding back to when we to the top of this conversation, how people were, would say like, "Oh, and now you're doing this." 
so many times in my life, people were like, oh, can you just decide? Like pick a fucking lane. Right. And I'd be like, but I like all the lanes. I want to try all the lanes. Who's a lane? And what's that? <laughs> who's a lane? And who's a lane? <laughs> and who the hell is a lane? <laughs> Get the hell out of here. Yeah. Um, it, it's fascinating though, how other people, because they don't feel comfortable with the changes that you're making. So they look for, they feel more comfortable if you are just one thing. And I have been, God, I, I've been, I've been in the restaurant industry for a very long time in and out of it, mostly in it, but I worked in PR and I hated it. I worked in, my God, I've been everything inside a restaurant from a, a dishwasher to a busser, to a back waiter, to a server, to a captain, to the, to a Psalm, to a wine director, to a manager. I've been, God, and then in the wine world, I've been in important distribution. I've been in wine education, which, which I am doing right now. I've also been in, I've been a wine director at some very highfalutin places like Moss Farmhouse under a James Beard award-winning chef for two years where I really had to exercise and do a deep dive into France, particularly Burgundy and Bordeaux and then off Appalachians and learn how to pair dishes that would change not only seasonally, but sometimes daily because the James Beard award-winning chef, Galen Zamara, who is ex extremely talented, he would change up the menu. He'd be like, oh, you know what? Uh, I know that I said that I would be serving duck for this, my a duck dish for the fall. Uh, and I know that I said that I would be doing chanterelles with it, but instead of chanterelles, my chanterelle guy didn't show up. So I'm doing you know, enoki mushrooms and I'm going to serve them raw instead of sauteing them. And then, you know, instead of the duck breasts, I'm going to be doing confit with the, of the duck thigh. And like the cooking method completely changes what kind of wine you pair with it. And then he'd be like, oh yeah, I'm going to take off the sweet potatoes and I'm going to put on something else. And you're like, fuck, that requires a totally different wine. So I learned how to be a multi-hyphenate within just that one restaurant. Yes. I also went to culinary school for baking and pastry because I wanted to make wedding cakes. So I, and I also worked as an assistant chocolatier for a year and a half. Like I've been in the, I've been deep in the food and wine world and deep in the wine world for so many things. I feel like I'm just spewing all these different things and I've worked harvests and I've worked in wine journalism and I like, I've been so many things. And I actually had one guy, I was, I was about to say auditioning. I was auditioning for, I was actually <laughs> interviewing for, I was interviewing for a wine director position with a very big restaurant group. I ended up getting the job, but this guy during the interview was like, he's looking at my resume and he goes, wow, you, you've, you've, you've been a lot of things in the wine world. Why, why, why haven't you just stuck with one thing? Mm. And I was like, because he saw retail and restaurants and wholesale and education. And he was like, you haven't spent a lot of time at any of these places. Like it was a bad thing. Mm. And, I was, and I had spent at least two years at every single thing. And I was like, okay, first of all, it's a great thing to have a wine director who has worked in the kitchen, who knows how to communicate front of the house and back of the house who understands pressure, accuracy, timing, who knows about how to educate the staff to, impair, uh, to empower the front of the house staff so that they feel more confident on the floor when they're selling a bottle of wine. When a customer says, oh, what's the difference between these two French reds? That they know the difference, not only between uh, region, but climate and grape varietal and style and what they taste like and how they're gonna pair. And I said, you're never going to find it. The only, there's only one other person that I know of, and she's now a master of wine, and she would not take this job, who has had the kind of breadth of experience and depth of experience that I have. So I challenge you to find someone else who is as talented as I am. I, I got sick and tired of, especially men, telling me, oh, you're to this. When I was an actor, I had a lot of, you look a lot like Minnie Driver. 
or you're too ethnic, you're too tall, your hair's too curly. Everything was your two, two, two. And for my entire life, it's been, God, Sarah's a lot. And for a long time, I absorbed that. And I changed how I behaved, how I expressed myself. I quieted down a lot. And a few years ago, I saw an ad in the subway from Il Maquillage, the makeup company, that said, if, you're, if I'm too much, or if you think I'm too much, maybe you're not enough. And I was like, fuck yes. And for some reason, that reading those words, I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let all that stupid baggage go because it's just stupid baggage. It's garbage. And you need to be yourself. And you need to find your voice. And for some reason, I have found this confluence of all my voices in all of my experience for Lupersam. And I have been, I had been trying for years. I started teaching wine in 2008. So for 15 years, I've been teaching about wine. And I tried, I, I taught at every single restaurant that I worked at. I, I taught the staff. It was a biweekly wine class so that they would feel more comfortable, but also help inspire some folks to get into the wine business. And you know what? I did that. I got, Heather McMahon, who's now a famous comedian, she was one of my bartenders. Wow. I got her and Chris Kettner uh, into wine. I inspired one of the guys from the Metropolitan Opera House when I worked at, uh, at, at, the, at the Grand Tier. He's now in wine. He's on the West Coast. Uh, one of my, uh, she was a back waiter. Her name is Carrie. She got into wine. She became the German wine buyer at Chamber Street Wines. And now she works for an importer and distributor. Wow. And I'm not taking credit for any of these people's successes because their success is based on their own voice, their own energy, their own motivation. But I like to think that I helped inspire or spark a flame in them that really helped them find their own confidence so that they could find their own voice. And wine is really about sharing. If you're not sharing what you know, then what the fuck are you doing? You are embracing it. You're holding it all to yourself. You're not sharing. You're not being a community person. You're not supporting others. And I had an experience when I was at a very high-end white tablecloth restaurant as a captain. And the wine director, this was very early on in my uh, career. I was had just... No, I was still acting. It was 2004. I was still acting. And I get this job, highfalutin place, very like, quote unquote, important wine director, big, tall, white guy. And I was still learning about wine. And I had a table come in and they were very excited. It was their anniversary. And they were like, oh, we really like Suave. We see you have this one on the list. We don't want to break the bank. We don't even know the grape in Suave. What's this wine like? And I was like, you know, I don't even really know. But the wine director's here. Let me go get him. I chased him down and I was like, we've got this table. Give me three words that I can sell this wine. And also what's the grape in Suave. And the only thing that he focused on, he looked me square in the eye and looked down at me literally. Cause he's so tall. And he goes, you don't know what the grape in Suave is. And I was like, no, but tell me, I'll never forget it. And then give me three words to sell this wine. And as he's turning around and starts to walk away from me, he doesn't even give me three sizzle words to sell the wine. He goes, everyone knows that the grape and suave is, and he says it as he's walking away, so I can't even hear it. And I was like, you cocksucker. You jackass. And in that moment, and I go back to that moment all the time, because I'm like, I never want anyone to feel that way with me, ever. Like, it brings tears to my eyes, because I'm like, I felt so fucking small because of something that he said and it's at a time and you know this as an actor when people are like oh sarah you're too tall yeah you're a little bit too athletically built you're too heavy you're too 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 and then to be told basically that 
what are you doing in this really expensive restaurant where you need to be selling my wines? The wines that I buy and you don't even know the grape in this. And I don't, I was just talking about this with my therapist last week, actually, because one of my motivating, one of the things that motivates me most is that moment where I just remember so distinctly, I was like, I will never make anyone feel like that, the way that you just made me feel. And I had to go chase down another captain and go, fuck, so he just told, he didn't tell me I need to sell this wine. I want to sell this wine because the table wanted the wine. I want to get them into something that they like. And it was another captain who said, oh, you know, I think the grape is this. And the grape is Garganica. And she gave me two words to sell the wine and I sold it and I got on the table. But God, the weight that I carried around with me that night and clearly, because it brings tears to my eyes that I clearly still bring with me, I carried around, but I use it as motivation. And I no longer think I'm stupid or I don't know enough. What I think now is I can learn it and I can communicate what I know in a great way that helps people understand a very complex subject that can be so intimidating and daunting. But I seem to have found my own wine voice and my own social media voice and it's working and it's landing. And that is what keeps me going is that it works. Oh, that is so beautiful. And thank you for sharing that. I that was really long. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're here to talk, please. This is the I'm 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 an audience member today. I mean, I, I really can listen to you speak about this for I love this. This is great. Um, I have so many like stories or uh, relatable content um, in mm. terms of what you said. I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is you said something really important. And that is what I try to, when I have clients in the headshot studio, or if it's personal private coaching with me about being a multi-hyphen in a theater and establishing small businesses, whatever it is, I always make sure that we start with why are you doing what you're doing? Why, why is it that you're taking up space? Why, mm. uh, why are you here getting headshots? Like, what is the main reason? Is it because the pictures no longer tell your stories? Is it because your agent and manager said that you needed some? Is it because you're doing this to celebrate your 40th, you know, uh, revolution around the sun? Like what, what is it? And, um, you know, when you're talking about how you now know how to never how to how to never let someone feel because of that idiot schmuck that looked down on you like that i had a teacher i teach um theater business at nyu and now um the uh norwalk conservatory um which is really exciting and i love educating as you said and i love teaching and i love sharing um, I had a teacher in high school who um, really did not like me and a few other students because, well, actually, maybe all of the students, um, because of <laughs> her, her own personal stuff. Um, and uh, there was there was another teacher there that was before her that was fired, and we went on a two-day protest to try to save her. And I think that there was she kind of clocked all of the students that did that because we think maybe mm -hmm. there was some vying for that position. That's all speculation. But what is fact is that she was not happy with me, did not like me personally. I can only speak from my experience, but I know many other people have the same. And my senior year, I was doing a show and it was the third night of the show and I was on my way to school and I got into a horrible car accident. Um, oh my God. Yeah. I had the green light. I was doing the speed limit and a truck decided to make what would have been a legal U-turn if no one was coming, but he came directly in front of me and I T-boned him. Uh, oh, doing like, Jesus. I know doing like 50 and I was able to get out of the car 
even the, the doors wouldn't open. My car was, com- I mean, more than totaled. He was able to get out of the car. And um, my adrenaline was pumping so hard that I didn't realize that I was in pain until the ambulance came. And I was on the phone with my other teacher that was like, you know, are you okay? And I was like, I promise I'll be at showtime. I'm literally in a stretcher in the ambulance. <laughs> and I'm like, oh I will God. be there. I will be there. I will be there. So around 3 p.m., I'm discharged because all my vitals were good. I was starting to show some pain, but they were like, you can go home if you want. And I basically, well, I basically like metaphorically ripped out the like IV. I was like, I have to go. And they're like, you can, but we don't want you to. And I was like, it's fine. I'm going to go. So I showed up to the show and in my dressing room was this teacher standing there cross armed in the doorway and she looked at me and said where's your homework because she was my she's a peach my she's a doll so um where's your homework and she was my voice movement teacher at that time and um (laughs) she's a peach and uh i said i'm so sorry i actually don't have it i think my backpack is still in my car i don't know if you heard but i was in a car accident and she interrupts and goes no 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 I know you were in a car accident. The first thing that I thought to myself when I found out you were in a car accident was how am I going to make elegies a four-person show instead of a five-person show? You know when your homework is due and I want it first thing in the morning and walked away. Oh, thank you. And I said, oh, I it's literally, so nice. I, it's so beautiful, right? Really just words of wisdom. And I went, hmm, <laughs> I don't think that actually happened. I truthfully did it. Like I was like, there's no way that could have happened. And I actually like pretty much blacked it out for a while until that memory mm-hmm. came back. And I was like, what? Oh. Yeah. And um, that is one of the biggest things for me in terms of never letting anyone feel like that. Oh. Yeah. Feeling like, oh, you don't, it's not even like, I had like, I had a cold and I was like sick. I was in a very bad car accident in which I was rushed to the hospital. And you literally said, I didn't care about your well-being. And that is what this man said to you. I don't care about your well-being. I don't care about your success. I don't care about if you are here, there, or anywhere. You don't get help from me. And that Mm. is wild to me that people on this planet exist like that. Yeah, there's a general lack of compassion and thoughtfulness and lack of uh, humanity, lack of connection. And because of all the therapy I've had, (laughs) I think also I can reach into my own toolbox and go, wow, imagine being them, waking up and looking at that every day in the mirror. When I have a choice, everyone has a choice. And the choice that I make is I'm going to be really nice to people because I, I would rather, I want to be remembered for being kind because people remember when you're really kind to them and good to them. And then they also remember when you're a total jackass Mm -hmm. to them. And I, the guy the wine director who did that to me, he has a, I will not say his name. He doesn't no. deserve it. No. He has a horrible reputation in the industry. There you go. And he did that to himself without yeah. any of my help. I don't need to say one bad thing about him. Yeah, that's, they'll do it to themselves, you know? Yeah. They'll do, they'll do it to themselves. And, you know, it's so, it, another thing that you brought up before is, when you were talking about like longevity at a, at a place on your resume, why are you mm-hmm. been to these places? You know, that is a sort of like a corporate thought that. Right. Is in, I think people don't in the theater specifically don't really understand because like the way that our lives are built as artists is it's gig life. Right. So you don't know if yes. the show on Broadway is going to be a flop or a hit, right? You don't know if you're going to be there for a year and a half or, you know, a month. And so we don't really pay attention to, to that because yeah, especially regional theater, right? It's a month to two months. Mm -hmm. And 
doesn't matter. We don't really have dates. We don't we don't have dates on our resume. That's the thing. It's we, we replace dates with director or some creative mm-hmm. team or something like that, right? Um, and there's no descriptions for those of you that are listening that don't really know what an actor resume looks like. There's no descriptions. It's literally show, role, director, and theater. And mm-hmm. um, so because we all know that you're not going to be working at a regional theater doing one show for six years. That's not how it works. Um, those shows tend to be there for a month, maybe two months. Um, national tours, you're usually with them for six to six months to a year. On Broadway, people don't normally stay with the hit for more than a year and a half, two years. It's plenty happens. You know, Don Gerald Rivera, the original Iago on Broadway, has been with the show since its pre-Broadway tryouts in Seattle in 2000 and. 11 2012 so you know there's longevity there but it's not for everyone and Mm -hmm. um and so it's really interesting to run into artists that are learning about that with the resume that longevity people do care about that but you know I've had experiences where I've been there for a couple of months I've been there for a year I've been I did this for this long and I had this conversation with my husband the other day about the longevity but on my like multi-hyphenate resume, my more corporate resume. And I just don't think we can learn things about ourselves if that's our main focus. I think if we're like, if we're thinking about five, 10 years from now, it's like, sure, we should come up with goals and stuff like that. But I don't want to be at this, like, I don't want to be under the direction of someone else for five to 10 years. I don't, you know what I mean? It's like Michael Kushner mm-hmm. photography is a different story because it's my own business. And I would love to do that forever and ever and ever and ever. But, you know, working um, in a space that requires, you know, if you're not like the executive director or like the top person, I don't necessarily know if that's something that I'm interested in. Um, Mm -hmm. but that's my own, that's what my own experience is. So longevity for me is an interesting conversation that you brought up because I was just thinking about that the other day. Funny. You know? Yeah. Um, we're going to take a quick little break and you're going to hear a message from our sponsors and then we'll be right back talking more with Sarah Looper. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Magically, we just, you know, took a millisecond of a pause, but you that start. was magic. I know. So magic. I have to tell you when I, when I saw you sent me the, you know, please send me the, your bio and a headshot and this and that. And you're like, and if you didn't know that I've interviewed the following people. And I was like, Carol Burnett. Yeah. I listened to Judy Gold a few oh, weeks ago. Love. Love Judy Gold. Hilarious. But when I, I have to, Carol Burnett and Lucille Ball and Gilda Radner for me. I see, I see the Gilda in you. They like the physicality of them, the quick wittedness, the cleverness, the facial expressions. They just use their whole bodies to communicate whatever it is that they were trying to communicate, humor, embarrassment, whatever it was. And I listened to Carol Burnett last night and 
you had said something to her. Oh, whenever I'm having a bad day, I go on YouTube and I watch Carol Burnett bloopers. And I was like, I, I grew up. So my mom did not allow no cable in the house. <laughs> so it was all these reruns. So we would always watch as a kid, Carol Burnett show and I love Lucy and watching Tim Conway and like the entire team. What, who, what, Lyle Wagoner and uh, Harvey Corman and Vicki Lawrence, like how badly I wanted to be Vicki Lawrence because I wanted to be opposite Carol Burnett. Oh my God. I sat there and, and I'm giggling out loud. And my husband's like, what are you watching? I was like, I'm watching Carol Burnett movies. This is the best. And it brings you back. And God, what a, what a cast of talented people. And when she said on your podcast, you know, this might only be 30 shows and it ended up being over 200. She was like, let's just go have fun. Yes. We oh, we've just we've just gotta go have fun. Just go have fun. That reads and listen and react. Yes, and just react. Basic principles of improv. That reads in your social media though. So let's now talk about how you are sort of bringing your sommelier, food and wine, all of that incredible insight expertise that you have into a a, a persona now and you are now building an audience and a fan base of people who are interested in learning more i don't know anything about wine i don't know a single thing about wine so the way that you're describing it i have 800 million questions and what's amazing is that there are so I'll answer many them all I love it. So there, what's amazing is that there's so many comments on your videos with the same questions. So you're building a community, which is amazing and super important as an artist. But like, mm -hmm. how as an actor, which is where you have your foundation in and you're, you know, you're, you're, you, you, you're an actor. How has that sort of been able to help you sort of that cross pollinate into building an experience for people that might not on might not you might not think at first that what you're doing can be deliverable to an audience um as a personality or um with uh creativity but like you are doing that so how have you been able to make wine something entertaining and personal and build an audience with that? Wow. What a great question. Um, so to be clear, I did not go to school like undergraduate or graduate school for theater. I got my degree in history and I love history. I'm total mm -hmm. nerd. So are we. And, yeah. and I came to acting late. I think I was 25 when I started, I took an acting class in Denver from a gal who was great, this great instructor. I came back to New York and I only studied for five years. I went to the Stella Adler Conservatory and I, for an intensive summer. And then I did, I did a lot of Second City and did like a class or two at UCB that I didn't, I preferred Second City actually. But I did a lot of, I did a lot of theater. I did one reality TV show called To Live in Dayton, New York season two. <laughs> and it's because I could not get, it was when, uh, it was shortly after Goodwill Hunting came out or uh -huh. a few years after. So everyone was like, you look so much like Minnie Driver. And the agent who I was freelancing with was like, he would send me out and I would get callback after callback. Uh, but I just, I could never book the TV or film job because everyone was like, you look too much like Minnie Driver. Wow. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> she's totally monopolize that look with the big curly hair the big broad face um she's a little bit taller than i am though you know i she came into one of my restaurants once and i was like first of all she's beautiful yeah and she's she's got like two or three inches on me so she's taller and she's uh she's built a little differently so she's a little thinner and I went up to the table and I was the, I was the sommelier and wine director so i went up to her table and i was like hello i almost said hello doppelganger but I was like, don't do that, Sarah, don't. But now I would. If she right. walked into Il Buco, I'd be like, hello, doppelganger. You know how long I've been told that I look like you? 
but I didn't at the time. But anyway, I only studied acting for five years and it got to a point. And I rem- remember the moment I was in this and I loved Shakespeare and I was actually good at it. Yeah. And I, I, I did very well at like the supporting ones, like the maids and, you know, the nurses and, mm-hmm. you know, the ones who were brassy or outspoken. And, and um, I remember thinking, I'm so tired of other people telling me when I can work because I wanted to work all the time. And it's up to the director, the casting director, the producer. It's up to everybody else but me. And that's when I decided to go to culinary school. And then I did culinary school and then I got into wine through culinary school, really. And so how do I bring all this to life? Gosh, you know, I only took a handful of film and TV classes when I, during those five years. And it's a, it's a very different kind of acting. As you know, when you're on camera, the slightest thing can be picked up, whether it's a blink or a, how you move your head or how you twitch your mouth, how you breathe, whatever, how you breathe. Yes. But on stage, you have to sell it to the nickel seats. Mm -hmm. So everything is much larger. And I, I think with, with the Instagram and this whole Lupersom wine community that I'm creating, and I'm glad that you said wine community that I'm creating because I am trying to create a wine community. You are. I am trying to create basically a really large tasting group where everyone can say, this is what I'm getting on the wine. This is what I'm trying. What are you, what are you getting? Have you tried this? No, I haven't. Oh, I'll look for it. And the, the, the world of wine is, it's not just like oceans of wine. It's planets of oceans of wine. That's how big the wine world is. It's enormous and it's deep and it's vast. And what I try to do is just bring levity because so many people And some of these people are my friends Mm -hmm. and they were in my tasting group. And maybe some of them now are masters of wine or masters sommeliers, or they run huge, huge programs. And some of these folks, they just take wine so seriously. Mm. And I'm like, for fuck's sake, it is grape juice. (laughs) And sometimes that grape juice turns into rotten grapes because that wine was stored improperly. Or maybe that wine isn't showing well that day. And it's about having patience with the wine, too. I mean, sometimes it's a knee-jerk reaction. And you're like, fuck, that is garbage. It is liquid garbage. But then sometimes on more fine and rare bottles, you have to give them a moment. And mm. go, you know what? You've been closed up for 40 years or 50 years, or even if it's 20 years. Can you imagine being shut up for 10 or 15, 20 years in the same room? which is the same wine bottle and you haven't had a breath of fresh air in that long. Sometimes you need a moment and mm. sometimes you need 24 hours to go. You, okay. I'm going to let that wine have a little bit of time to itself mm. because it's been shut up in this bottle for a long time. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get people to understand that wine is it. Wine is alive mm. and wine is just like us. They, it really is just like people. They have how they express themselves when they're in different climates, how they express themselves after they've been in the bottle for a short time or for a long time. They, you need to be so accepting. It's just, it's just acceptance. I'm trying, that's one of the things I'm trying to teach. I don't know if I'm doing a good job of it though, but accepting the wine where it's at. And sometimes if you store it badly, like if you put, the baby in the attic and don't feed it a lot and keep the lights on all the time or let it let mice and other rodents in the rain come in the wine's gonna change just the way a human would change if you locked it up like that so you've got to store it properly and if you do then the wine will show and it will age beautifully and it will show beautifully and i think what i'm trying to do with lupersom is just get get people excited about wine because it's really fun and it involves a lot of history, which is my background. It involves people. Wine is a people business. Mm-hmm. It is a land business. Mm-hmm. It is a get the product on a freaking truck kind of business. It is so many things, but at, the, at its core, it is a people business. 
and it's a connection business and it's a food business mm-hmm. and it's a community business. It's all these things. And wine can express its own humanity and how, how that wine sees the world from its place, which is its terroir, mm. how it grew up, the soil it grew in, mm. the winds that affected it, the sunshine that affected it, how the viticulturist or wine grower took care of it. And then once those grapes are harvested, how was it raised? How was it raised in the winery? Was it destemmed? Was it whole cluster? Was it pressed? Was it on its skins for a long time? Was it in oak barrels or cement or amphora or stainless steel? Like what was it in? And then how big were those barrels? Were they tiny? Were they large? Were they like enormous, like the size of small buildings? Did they rushy rush the fermentation or did they really do it slowly? Or did they, how long was it aged in the bottle? Is the, did the winery hold the wine back like they do in Rioja? And where, this, where, the, where the winery ages the wine for you and most top houses in Rioja, they only release it to the market when the winery feels that it's ready to drink. Mm-hmm. Unlike Burgundy or Bordeaux, where they rush it out the door and then they're like, you have to sell it and then you determine when it's drinkable. Mm. And what I'm just trying to do with Lupersam is I'm trying to build a really great wine community and I feel like it's working. Yeah, it is. Thank you. It's theater. What you're talking about is theater. That's the co- that's the cross pollination. And mm. you're talking about selling to the cheap seats or you know, uh, or every facial expression is picked up on the camera. What you're doing so beautifully is that you're finding this combination, right? You're finding this mm. because the gestures that if we're going really specific here, the gestures that you make and the space that you take up in the videos are incredibly captivating immediately. So when you're scrolling. We are, you, you, you've grabbed us already. We can't even really get past your video. So like, it's pretty. I'm not am- too much. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, at this point there's, I, I, I hit 40 and I was like, I don't give a flying fool anymore. No. Like you I, can't. No, I think you were that this is the thing, right? It's like, what is too much, right? It's like, yeah. we, I am not everyone's favorite photographer i am not there are people that do not understand what i do as a multi-hyphenate and i am not for them but i am building yes. my community of people that understand that's what well, that's part of my why is that's why i think a why statement is so important because then you stop wasting time trying to yeah. get the people that will never like you to like you you've yes you've, yes i go back to a similar question what's it for yeah. What is Bodega Wine Monday for? I love it. What is Lupersam for? Yeah. Yeah. It and, just makes me um, smile. You said it, and I had this immediate reaction of how I feel and 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 what's it for? It's for me. It's for it's for me to learn more about my relationship to wine. It's to make me laugh and to make me think about wine in a different way. And I also get to know you. I get to know who you are and your relationship to wine. And that's what it's for. It's about community. It's about relationship. And I think you do a beautiful job at that. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I really, that's, I mean, what you're saying is exactly what I'm trying to do. It's working. Thank you. Thank you. When you, okay. So, (laughs) so when you are coming up with these incredibly, like vivid and visual things that make me laugh hysterically the way that you go like like clementines that have been in the garbage for a week um in the hot sun Mm -hmm. i am literally like are you tasting that or this is uh like are you that in tune with what you can taste and like also like did the wine did like the wine curators like actually do that like did they like use like shit like that and um but or like are you like just creating an image for us that makes us understand yes that that yes so i communicate what i'm smelling and i amazing you asked my husband i i pick up and smell everything 
I will taste anything. I will smell anything. I'm the person who, when they go to an open house, I open every single goddamn door and every single cabinet. So I'm like, <laughs> what's inside? I want to know what's inside. And I started, I'm one of six and we all started cooking when we were all very young. I think I started, I think the first thing I made was bechamel out of the joy of cooking because I love really creamy things and like creamy sauces and ice cream and custards and that kind of textural and that kind of flavor. And once I learned how to make it, I put it on everything. I put on broccoli, I put on spaghetti. It's because my mom, not a very good cook. I'm sorry, but love so we you, all mom, learned but... how to cook. I love you, but horrible <laughs> cook. Um, so we learned how to cook at a young age and which was a, a great thing for me. And because I love to eat, you know, at El Buco, I watched these, these two women uh, just as an aside, they came in the other day and I'm constantly doing rounds around the restaurant, taking a lap. And these women would not start on their appetizer. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. Food goes in front of me. And I'm like, watch out. The fork is going in and the food is going in my mouth. How do people not eat when the food's in front of them? And I'm a plate licker. Like I'm president of the clean plate club. Oh my God. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. So I just smell a lot. I walk around through Whole Foods. I pick up stuff and I smell it. What does that smell like? What does that smell like? Wow. Like I just learned about apriums. Do you know about this? They're like I... apricots and plums, like cross. They are a multi-hyphenate. The cross pollinating. <laughs> yes. And I had these apriums because I was like, I don't know what they taste like. They're delicious. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, underripe like just under ripe, it kind of tasted like an alianico. And then when it was ripe, I was like, it kind of reminds me of Mencia, this grape that grows in Northern Spain. I was like, oh my God, this is great. But I just, I constantly taste, I constantly smell. And then when I smell those things and taste those things, I'm trying to conjure an image of what it smells and tastes like with my words mm. so that you understand what it is that I'm tasting. And sometimes it smells bad and sometimes it smells great. And sometimes, you know, and also like what I smell is not what everyone else smells and what everyone else smells might be not be what I smell. Everyone has a different nose. Everyone's nose is in tune differently. I might get white pepper. You might get black pepper. Who cares? It's pepper. You know? Right. Right. But yeah, I just try to give shape to what it is and words to what it is that I'm smelling and tasting so that people know can, can picture it in their minds. And I have a question for you because I've, I love all my clients. There's so much deep, there's so much detailed work in order to get a, a, a headshot that in order to, in order to have a really great session, there's a lot of work that you have to do prep wise, right? For an audition, for of the first day of rehearsal for opening night. It's the same with headshots. It's the same with being in my studio. I think there's a lot of work and you have to be in tune with who you are. Now there's two different versions of, I don't know that um, I think exist. There's the, I don't know, but I'm going to make a choice and I'm going to commit to it. And we're going to figure that out. And then there's I don't know what I'm doing here. I can't think of anything. I have complete paralysis and I can't make, I can't think of anything. I'm a fan of the, I don't know, let's explore. Um, and for the clients that come in with, Me I too. don't know, right. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Let's explore so that we can learn about something. Those headshots are always super magical. They're, they live in this place of like, what's, what's going to happen next. What, how is this going to shape my career? I'm glad I committed to it or even, I'm glad I committed to it because I know that's not um that's not what I what I need or want. Let's change the look. Mm -hmm. Let's I don't like that background. Let's change the background where I brought this outfit instead. What does this say? And you know, we lean into it uh because there's that sense of exploration. There is a tie in here because I want to know what do you have to lose for asking those questions yourself? Oh and going, nothing. Exactly. Yes. And this, this kind of exploration that you're talking about, it's spontaneity. It's discovery. It's living on the edge of your seat. It's when I was at Stella Adler, I'm spacing on the, um, my instructor's name, Betsy. Oh my God. I feel terrible for not remembering her name. And in one of our first classes, she was like, okay, everyone, you put your tutor, you slide your tutor to the front of your seat. 
and Doing it, with it was like one, two, three. She goes, and when I say go, you stand up. And so she would go one, go, and you'd have to stand up. You sit back down on the edge of your seat and she'd go one, two, go. And then you have to stand up. And she was like, and that expectation, that living on the edge of your seats, she was like, that's how I want you to act. That's what I want you to bring to your role. And I was like, fuck yes. Yes. Stakes. Yes. But going into that sense of discovery and spontaneity and exploration, that is that is the multi-hyphenate life. That is why you ha- I have so many things on my resume because I was like, Let- I don't know it. Let's try it. I don't know journalism. Let's try it. I don't know wine retail. Let me try it. Let me try it out. What happens if you don't like it? You leave. Big deal. So what? You get another job. So what? The job oh, yeah. doesn't define you. And people are like, oh, I got to be successful. What is, what is success to you? What does it look like? Is it money in the bank? Is it a feeling that you're helping people? Is it... Is it, is it an Obi, a Tony, a Grammy? Is it a family? Mm-hmm. Is it marriage? Is it, what is success? And success is different to every single person. And if you live life on the edge of your seat, I, I feel like there's no way you can't be successful. And just go try, just go try. Sarah Luper of Luper Sum, you are amazing. And I could talk you to you are. for hours. Um, and I don't want to wrap this up, but we got to. Um, where can we find you on socials? And how can we know more about you, work with you? How do we get involved? Oh, well, you can find me at Luper Sum, S-O-M-M, on the Insta and also on TikTok. I am presently working on creating wine classes that Mm. are a la carte but also as a course that you could study as a course on patreon that is coming soon i'm i have my hands in so many cookie jars right now and i'm a one-woman show i i'm getting to a point where i think i might need some help actually so (laughs) maybe i'll ask you questions about like like off camera about how, how how to do this yeah well yeah. And something that I've learned too with the uh, with Lupersom is just get it out there. Put it up, doesn't matter if it's perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect. And success for me sometimes is just getting up the bodega wine Monday on the first try. I love that. And it, you, and it is what it is. And if people don't like it, don't look. Right. Scroll past. Um but don't past. but don't because it's amazing. You know, <laughs> well we we could talk about this later, but for anyone listening that's wondering about getting an assistant or an intern even because there's so many college kids that are so able and mm. of course compensate that is a big thing compensate please you know um figure out ways uh to you know collaborate and and and, and all that wonderful stuff mm-hmm. um but uh it, it just takes all of that little stuff that you're like about you know and it just, it eliminates that for you so that you could just focus on mm. what you're creating. It just really allevi- alleviates. So if you're thinking, even if you're starting out, anyone listening, if you're starting out with a new project, you are valid for an assistant. You are valid for an, for an intern. It just building a team of like-minded people that have the same vision and why and um, core as you uh, helps make the job easier. So Sarah and I are going to talk about that at another date. And um, if anyone has any questions about that or other small business building or the theater or new listeners, you want to get into Dear Multi-Hyphenate and want to know more. I also teach workshops. I do private coaching. Uh, Come to the studio for headshots. And also listen, download, share, all that good stuff, Dear Multi-Hyphenate. You can find me on Instagram at Dear Multi-Hyphenate and at the Michael Kushner. You're all amazing. Sarah, you are incredible. And thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Me too. Bye. Bye. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.